Welcome, everyone. I'm Reverend Jennifer Hadley, and it is my pleasure to introduce Venerable Dahani Oahu for our class today. Her topic is Healing and Building Positive Relationships. Venerable Dahani Oahu speaks directly from her heart, offering pure wisdom teachings of direct insight and practical application in the tradition of Cherokee and Woodland view and Tibetan Buddhism. These are the mother and father streams that energize Venerable and are the foundation of all that she shares. Welcome, Venerable. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer. And hello to each of you on the line presently and those who will listen in the future. In this very moment, we are contributing to the appearances of tomorrow and transforming the experiences of yesterday. In this moment, let each one recognize the seed of awakened mind within and nurture as they would a loving child that seed of wisdom nature to recognize that being awake is a potential within and not far away To be a friend and a wise being is a potential within. Let us each give thanks for the opportunity of life and let us reaffirm that we are inseparable from the seed and the field of awakened potential. May the winds set the fog away that the clear lake may be seen reflecting the open sky of each one's natural awareness. To be a friend means to also be kind to the appearance of oneself. To be a friend, to understand that having the gift of the human body is something extraordinary and wonderful to achieve. The friend that you want is the friend that you are. And to plant seeds of good relationship is to take care with one's own thought, speech, and action. So what do we think? Do we think we want something from someone else? Or do we recognize what we may offer? A true friend understands the abundance and the circle of good relationship and listens and shares. To be a friend to oneself and to uh, uh, heal the appearance of not having a friend, to heal the appearance of separation, we first count the blessings that we have received. So what are they? We're alive. We're experiencing. Perhaps we may be even experiencing loss. That moment of loss is an opportunity to recognize the treasures that are in hand. When we see each experience as a learning opportunity, then the sense of sorrow becomes sweet waters of forgiveness and also 
clear intention that the wisdom potential within ourselves and others may indeed take root and grow. Change is good. All things are constantly changing. Nothing is fixed. When we consider being a friend, what does it mean to you? Do you have an idea of what a friend is? Is is it a person that supports you in your awakening, someone you explore the universe with, or is it someone that does for you what you can do yourself? A true friend is inspiring you to do all that you can accomplish. A true friend understands a cycle of reciprocity and recognizes the seeds of karma or the magnetizing effect of each thought, word, and deed. So first we energize the thought of friendship. We understand that a friend is someone that we have traveled with and are traveling with. What are the causes that bring us together? They are deep and profound. For some, it may have been the decision to realize the awakened state of mind. For others, what has made the friendship is kindness and care for each other in this and other times. What is important is to be mindful in this moment because in this moment, every moment is reflected. So here we are now and the causes that bring us together are our emotions, our thoughts, and our actions. Even the person you love presently may have in the past been someone you considered an enemy. The only enemy is our own ignorance and fear to look clearly at the reflection of the sky in the lake. So let us look in the mirror of now and see how it is we are generating friendship how it is we are forgiving ourselves and others for what might have been, could have been, should have been. When you are a child, you learn to share. And as you share, you find your experiences become more vast. You share in the toys at first, the objects, and also you share in understanding perhaps with study partners. This understanding of generosity is a basis of recognizing the field of abundance as an energy flow in which we are all bathing. You can say it is a field of potential. This field of potential is moved by our speech and our action, and what we may think are hidden causes. So we may feel, oh, not enough. The thought of not enough creates a limitation to recognizing the abundant potential in the field. And so when such a thought arises, 
practice generosity, consider how you may assist and benefit another. This is step one, a generous heart, a generous mind. What does it mean to be generous? To know that every being walking on the path wants to reach a place free of illusion, free of suffering, and that every being has within the potential to recognize awakened mind and skillful activity and to generously and mindfully nurture that awakening in one's own life and speech. Be the friend you want others to be. Be an example of kindness. Kindness, it is a word that many people speak about, and kindness is also an energy. When people cause harm to you, do you wish to retaliate? The moment one seeks to retaliate, they are energizing. Such retaliation echoes continuously. When you see a child misbehave, you call upon the right action by generously revealing to them, here is a better way. Let us do this in a way that is with joy and laughter, that there is enough. When we look at the family of humanity, we see so much suffering arises around possession of this or that land, resources. And we are, as a human family, actually on the cusp of a wave of cooperation. In some ways, the electronic network makes more accessible the creative field of energy to every being. And so as people can communicate more directly, it becomes clear how thought forms, ideas, set into motion particular results. So we know the world's great teachers have spoken to us of loving compassion, of kindness, and cooperation becomes the inter- connection of different individuals and groups who have the ideal of walking in peace and beauty. And so what in our own speech and action are aggressive patterns? Do we want to fight another because they don't agree? Or do we see, oh, another view, ultimately, the purpose is to realize awakened, skillful action, and that is where I choose to place my attention so as not to be distracted by the various streams of thought in the world. So how do the thought streams arise? Oh, boy, they arise with a wind of interdependence, karmic relationships, and the continuous sound of people's voices and the ripples of our behavior. 
ultimately, those ripples of behavior are not separate from skillful activity, awakened mind. It is only the blinders on the eye and the concept of I as a separate, independent individual. We are all relatives in this dance. So being relatives in the dance, I am a friend to you. You are a friend to yourself. What is a friend, a spiritual friend? Someone who points the way. Someone who holds a mirror that you may see clearly that, oh, I am not separate from this dance. That who we may think we are is not separate from the awakened being we are becoming. So are you a friend with yourself? Be a friend to yourself. Understand how precious it is, the gift of life. Those we meet, whether they are um, good company or perhaps considered not good company, we have still called ourselves together. So what in our own consciousness and view reflects the demonstration of behaviors around us. So even that uh, co-worker with whom you find it difficult to communicate, that co-worker in a sense is an echo of some thoughts within your own heart. Is there a withholding of love in your being? Or is there pride that sets you apart from others, forgetting that you've called yourselves together. So let us examine the energy of the heart. Passions arise, like, not like, love, hate, and yet within these passions that can become waves of dissonance and harmful activity, there is also the seed of skillful transformation. The alchemist of the past, what are they transforming? The transformation is one's emotions and view to the recognition of the luminous field, the potential and wisdom that is within each being. To complete this alchemical process, it happens whether you want it to or not, to complete it, it is good to recognize those thought forms that are not wisdom and life force enhancing and in a sense to purify one's speech and view, even the body-mind. So the foods that have been eaten and the joy or sorrow in their preparation and the acceptance of generosity or dislike uh, can have an impact on the flow of energy and awareness. 
So to be appreciative for all those who've brought the food to the table, preparing it and such, and to choose to energize that wisdom and skill activity with the life force of all those who've contributed to the food and its essence itself, with dedication, that food is medicine. In a sense, each moment is medicine. When we have the view, I shall be kind and be a friend to that seed of awakened mind within me and everyone I meet. Human beings, animal beings, the seed of awakened mind like flashes of light, it is tangible and intangible. What we can see is the expression and positive activities that which are liberating create light. Um, those energies and thought forms of harm, of ignorance, of grasping, uh, they create shadow. The shadow and the light, when there is a place of balance, equipose, then the winds of karma become more quiet. So what is the shadow within your own body-mind? Is it uh, some belief about other human beings as more able to realize wisdom? Is there a belief of not good enough? Is there the recognition that whatever is seen can be made manifest? So when we look at others and we recognize their joy and success, oh, yes, that is one way that someone has found ease and grace. So when we speak of transformation, it is to see whatever emotions or situations that arise are not separate from the path to realization. And what is purified is our speech, our view, and our action. So you notice that uh, certain speech activities, saying you hate or dislike someone or something, uh, causes a sense of unease, then it is clear, oh, that speech is not contributing to awakened state. Let me energize. What do I want to accomplish? So purifying is taking note of the thought stream and speech that in many ways is a habitual response uh, to one's experience. So in some cultures, it may never be said, oh, I'm well. Uh, and in other cultures, oh, yes, everything is wonderful. Uh, recognizing that in this moment, our thought and speech energize all that is occurring. Let us choose carefully our words. To be a friend 
with a seed of awakened mind within oneself and others is to energize joyous speech. How wonderful you are walking this way today. How marvelous that we see the possibility to open the treasure chest of wisdom and to speak heart to heart. So it begins first perhaps by recognizing the suffering that is caused by blame and shame and uh, conflictual view. And then as we look, what is the ideal that I choose to manifest? So in a sense, we are called to remove attention to stop feeding the thought forms of confusion and aggression. Sometimes it may be simply by awareness of our breath. Mind attracts for a moment, mind attracted for a moment to contrasting political religious views. Mind settling on may truth, wisdom, compassionate action prevail. So reaction is a hook. When we see inappropriate behavior, it is often intended to hook one in a circle of reactive behavior. And so the vastness of the human family mind potential is such that we may declothe, that is, take clothing off the thought form and see it as it is empty and choose those thought forms and those actions that are awakening, liberating. And so we purify our own heart, our own speech. What is the fire that melts away illusion? In a sense, the very experience and the passion that may be our like or dislike, it is also an opportunity to melt away confusion and to allow that energy to be restored to the field and actualized as liberating activity. So what is liberated? The spiritual friend within, the community of awakened beings. That's what is liberated. Here we are in this moment. In this moment, consider yourself a being of energy as you are. Recognize it, feel it. Notice the winds of thought, the so-called talking points. See their emptiness. Consider the potential of an awakened, skillful human family.
Yes. Where we place our attention with the commitment to realize compassion, skillful action, to melt away the emotions that become a chain into emotions that express wisdom. That is the path. So what arises, see it, observe it, dedicate it to transforming understanding and skill. Nothing to run from. Being a friend is reaching a hand out. Let us reach the shore together. The undertow. Habitual view, conditioned view. Interdependent origination, karmic flows. In a flash, with clear commitment and dedication, the waves carry us to the shore. How wonderful. Gate, gate, para, gate, parasam, gate, bodhisoha. Gate, gate, para, gate, parasam, gate, bodhisoha. So, Jennifer, that completes the lecture part of our conversation, and I am open to questions. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Venerable. Oh, yes. And we are able to take questions if people raise their hand with a star two on your keypad. And I see Justine has raised her hand. Also, if you're listening online, you can type in a question in the question box. So star two to raise your hand or type in a question. Justine. Hi. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's funny, I accidentally pressed that button. <laughs> but um, I think I'd like to ask about the part where you mentioned how reaction is like a hook. Yes. Um and how do you, sometimes I feel like I don't recognize uh, our reactive hooks, I guess, and um, or recognize when other people are doing it back to me. And then when I realize that it's kind of a manipulative reaction or that kind of thing, I get hurt by that. Why would someone do that? Yes. Yeah, so how do I recognize and also not um, react back, you know, if someone 
comes from that place. And Yes, the appearance of karmic results is the expression of emotions that are not uh, fully understood. So the hooks are tendencies, and some people calling it love or friendship may keep the circle of relationship through repetition of emotional patterns. Mm -hmm. And at some point, we choose to see those emotional patterns as not conducive to our wisdom and joy. Uh, How do you know when it is happening? Is your energy uh, depleting? Is your breath becoming shallow? Those are some of the physical manifestations to quickly remind you of a conditioned view and pattern arising. And so take note of your breath. Um, Sometimes the children will think, well, we always did it that way before. Why are you changing it now? Oh, by changing it, you're showing you'd no longer love me. And so that's an exaggerated example of an emotional hook. Mm -hmm. And true friendship and true caring is recognizing those moments, words, and actions where we lift each other by not reacting as we did yesterday, energizing the growing wisdom of this moment to bring forth skillful action both now and in the future. So if your breath becomes shallow when you are contemplating or having a conversation with a friend or if you're not uh, hearing each other, then consider how you can speak in this moment without the echoes of yesterday. Mm. So on a physiological level, your energy increases. You feel, aha, when uh, there is support of each other's wisdom nature, when there is the retreat to safety of previous understanding, then you notice a slowdown. So that is one way to be mindful and not caught by the hook of yesterday. Thank you. You're welcome. So people can ask a question with a star two, raising your hand, or you can type a question in the question box if you're listening online. And we have... uh, I'm not sure if the name is Goodney Hala raising the hand here. So I'm unmuting you. Go ahead. Oh. oh, I'm sorry. I just, I couldn't go in until now. So I thought it was just to let you know that I am here, but I missed everything. I hope I get it back. Or- 
Yes, you will hear it as a recording. What? Yes, yes, thank you. Is this one hour too late? It's all right. You are here now, and that is good, and you'll be able to listen to what was said before you arrived. I missed it. Sorry. You'll, you'll be receiving the recording and the information on how to listen to that online at Venerable's website. You'll also uh, receive the opportunity to download the recording and you'll be able to have that available for you so you can listen again and again, which from experience I highly recommend. <laughs> so again, if you have a question, you're listening on the phone you can or on the web, you can raise your hand with star 2 on your keypad and uh, people can also type in a, a written question for Venerable. And while we're waiting for the next question, Venerable, I really appreciated uh, what you are talking about in terms of, I'll say, not feeling your feelings. And in uh, my training in New Thought, we have something we call it a spiritual bypass. So when someone is triggered by something uh, where uh, there's an upset and that they jump right over feeling their feelings and they go right to it's all good. Uh, that that can actually become uh, a real liability. And I just wondered if you could speak a little bit more about that. Yes, I, that's, um, that's a good way to describe it, a spiritual bypass. The emotions and the energies that we may seek to avoid are energy potentials that will arise at some other point in time. So it is the wise person, as the emotion makes itself apparent, as the situation is revealed, experiences it as an opportunity to apply the remedy of insight, compassion, and transformation so that, say, the energy is of fear, to see it transformed into skillful activity of getting something done skillfully. So to leap over the emotion leaves it as a seed that will seek to sprout in some other time or place as the emotion and the situations present themselves, it is wise to examine them. And as we examine such emotions, we may see that uh, such thoughts may need replacement, such feelings, transformation. So the simple emotion of dislike, consider the ideal that you wish and energize the ideal of the relationship and the ideal emotion of kindness that one would like to express in their lives and would like to experience. Yeah, leaping over the emotion, uh, it will still be in the garden of the mind to see it as it's opportunity to reveal skillful method 
is uh, liberating indeed. So a follow-up question to that. So there are times, many times, perhaps we could even say most times, when there's a feeling of trigger, of upset, it can feel extremely undesirable or inappropriate to take the time to feel our feelings. But uh, would you say that there's a um, a perfect timing, a divine order, if you will, to being triggered in that particular moment? It is the perfect time. <laughs> yes, whatever is happening in this moment is the perfect time. Whatever arises in this moment, it arises in the perfect time because now it is all occurring. So uh, there is nothing to wait for. Perhaps you may think you want to have more skill and the skill is developed as you are present in the now. Certainly, mindfulness helps to be aware, oh, breath is changing. Oh, that speech does not bring the ease of conversation and understanding that I seek. So we have an ideal. Let's energize that ideal of awakened skill. How do we want to be a good friend? How do we deal with this emotion? So the emotion is not bad. Um, the emotion is energy. How shall this energy reveal its skillful opportunity of being a loving, kind human being? Hmm. So Thank positive you. actions bring benefit and negative actions bring harm and to recognize what is bringing benefit and what is bringing harm is very quick uh, understanding of uh, seed thoughts and potentials. Yes, and, and as you're speaking, Venerable, I have the sense that, well, sometimes people get into a place of despair and discouragement and that they they feel overwhelmed. But um, what you're talking about seems like a very quick way to turn the ship around by seeing that it is an opportunity. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Even when you're... Uh, imagine your home has been on fire and uh, all of your family's wealth and your children are even inside that home and they are so comfortable they don't even want to come out. And you call them, they don't come. So they think everything wonderful is there. And so how do you have them come out of the burning house of confusion? By reminding them there are great treasures out here. There are great wisdom come away from that burning place of afflictive emotion. Come here in this moment as the afflictions burn as flames of passion. 
see the treasures that are held here in this magical cart. And the cart is the, contains the seeds and the methods of realizing joy and skillful action and the inseparability of life and wisdom. Is clear? Beautifully clear and so helpful, so inspiring. Thank you, Venerable. And we have Shan is raising her hand here. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Venerable. Good morning, Shan. Or good evening, Jennifer, I guess. <laughs> um, so I'm loving this discussion, Venerable, because it was kind of was bringing up a lot of questions for me around some of these issues and um, so when you're in the process of not allowing a spiritual bypass and you're allowing the emotion say a discursive emotion um, come up and you're just sitting with it not reacting just sitting with it and then the next stage of it is, say there's um, something in a relationship that you have to make a decision about. How do you know at that point if you're, say that you're feeling like you need to protect yourself, Let, let's just say from, from something someone said or something that has happened or whatever, how do you know at that point how, what direction to go? Like do you, do you just focus on kindness and compassion? Is Does that become another spiritual bypass in your actions? Or do you protect yourself? Or you, Do you understand my question? Yeah, good question. Okay. What, to, what is to be protected is that seed of wisdom, mind, and compassion. We want to be um, vigilant and alert to those moments where we may forget the sweetness of compassion. What is there to protect? I say we protect bodhicitta, that energy of compassion, for sure. Mm -hmm. This concept of I by the conversation or the reactive states displayed we see those reactive states as energy possibilities and what is the psychological impulse becomes the karma. So wise practitioner understands what we want to protect is bodhicitta and the body is a gift so we care for it well. And we keep our commitment to expressing the seed of wisdom mind in what we do. So often we hear the word intention and it is uh, can be confused uh, as a positive thing. Intention is setting into motion the winds of action. So the intention to realize wisdom mind, awakened skill and action, becomes the basis of our bodhicitta 
and something precious to protect. And ultimately, the emotions experienced can be seen as awakened beings. So the emotion of or the passion of hatred, reaction, uh, can become the great compassionate bodhisattva, avalokiteshvara, or the kind, sweet Tara, um, or the boundless light of Amitabha. So considering light as energy and that we are all in a field of energy, the most precious thing to protect is the seed of wisdom and compassion. So what does that mean when there are difficulties, when someone may say something uh, intentionally to disturb your practice or your commitment to uncovering awakened mind and skillful activity? When someone speaks disparagingly of that which is uh, your path, you just recognize that is another person's view and you maintain your commitment to, with great compassion, realize wisdom mind and create a roadmap that others may recognize their inseparability from such wisdom mind. Now, if there is a fire in the forest, you come out of that forest. And there are fires of emotion and reactive states that become sectarianism and can be the basis of uh, creating a negative result, disturbing emotions. And so... The intention to cultivate bodhicitta, to be a compassionate being, to be a spiritual friend to oneself and others, is also an antidote so that the garden of life, uh, wherein are planted the seeds of thought, words, and deeds, and can be expressed as kleshas and uh, as such magnetizing repetitive action, wise person sees their emptiness and replaces those patterns of dissonance with the ideal of awakened skillful activity. So at first you get angry whenever you see a certain person or thing, or perhaps there is something about history that um, makes anger. Mm -hmm. And so in this moment, to not add the energy of anger into the field of activity, we choose in this moment how we wish to be with one another and energize 
that simultaneously there is an awakened field of activity. Like in many Native American, especially woodland cultures, there's a recognition of multidimensionality, that there are awakened beings or immortals walking among us. And we can go to a certain place and step through into that realm of uh, awakened, skillful action. And it interpenetrates uh, what we consider ordinary view. And as we place attention on the ideal awakening throughout all realms, because indeed they are inseparable, it occurs, this transformation. So the emotions are not run from what is there to protect. I would say we certainly want to protect uh, our bodhicitta. And the kleshas, the impressions that uh, become part of a chain of causal effects, we apply the remedies of compassion and the examination of the emotions as inseparable from the awakened state. So you still have the emotion, you see it, and you also see its potential of skillful activity. Mm -hmm. So there is indeed important the sacred boundary. What is the sacred boundary? It is the recognition that in the ongoing dance of cause and effect, we are each dancing in a sacred field. And so as we acknowledge this sacred dance ground, we also dedicate ourselves to expressing the wisdom and compassion of the dance ground and that the appearances that arise are not separate from awakened states. And so for Yushan, you can uh, remember about the awakened Buddha families and the skill sets that are expressed by them in the dance of transformation. So we can see hidden in the ignorance is also the potential of the awakened. It is like in the milk before you churn it, the butter is there. And so let us churn the seeds that we may recognize the seed of wisdom within. And so where do we place our attention? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So beautiful, Venerable. So um, while you're in the actual process of all of that, with, say, the emotion, I, I just need a little bit more clarification. So you're in the process of the emotion arising, mm-hmm. or it be, has been there for a while, whatever, and you're sitting with that, the when you're talking about the sacred boundary, is there, is it appropriate to just sit and not react and just 
be in it until you get clarity on what the antidote and the level of compassion that you can bring to it arises? If you're drowning, you need to grab the lifeline. Yeah. So there is not just sitting with, it is recognizing, oh, in this moment, these emotions and thoughts are arising. Let me reach for the lifeline of truth and uh, uh, pacification of those ripples of dissonance that create and magnetize uh, less positive result. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very clear. Thank you very much. You're welcome. <laughs> and we have a question written in, and just to remind people before we go to that, that if you are listening on the phone or you're calling in online, star two on your keypad if you would like to ask a question. And we have uh, someone wrote in here, thank you for this beautiful teaching. Perfect timing for this. I understand how people are mirrors. Can you talk about discernment with choosing friends who energize us? Do we have to be friends with everyone? Is it okay not to be friends with people who don't uplift us? Certainly it is wise to choose the company that we keep, that we sustain and support the growing wisdom in one another. Uh, Friendship is recognizing those who are walking with you towards a particular uh, goal. It may be for a short time or it may be for a myriad lifetimes. And friendship is to support their wisdom and skill within one another. And yes, it is wise to choose the company that we keep. And those that we may not hold as close to our heart, we still have compassion and care and respect for them, and the wise spiritual practitioner chooses to walk with those who are studying and examining the nature of mind and who are recalling their commitment to express and live in that awakened state. Thank you. And uh, it's uh, another bit of a follow-up here from Justine who writes, How do you find that delicate balance between being kind to someone who acts as a trigger for you and honoring your own feelings and boundaries? When you notice that certain behaviors are triggering uh, results that are not supportive of your wisdom and skill, you establish boundaries of conversation and relationship. So you say, in these ways, we can speak and enjoy time together. Uh, These ways are not uh, supportive at this time, and this is how I choose to relate. Um, Just as when uh, children first go to preschool, 
they begin to learn the, in a sense, the rules of engagement. The only child who previously did not share learns that, oh, in this situation, to have a good result, uh, I learn to share. And so even our relationships have uh, rules or codes of conduct that we speak kindly to each other, that we nurture the wisdom in each other, and we support the growing strength, and we point out, oh, we can do this better. Those are some examples of being a good friend and uh, establishing, creating uh, almost like a grid work um, of good relationship. So codes of conduct are ways to support good relationship. Yes, and... uh... It, for me, it ties back to also being a friend to yourself, which you spoke about earlier, that uh, the way that we conduct ourselves in relationship and the way that we allow others to treat us is evidence of how friendly we are to ourselves. Yes. And there's also um, some understanding of um, I guess you could say the secular world of friendship, mm-hmm. which can conflict with um, true friendship because politics and the idea of competition with is very much uh, expressed in the world today and considered all right. Yet in Uh, Many indigenous cultures, it is not. It is better to um, bring others along with you. And if you need to, you you go back and bring them. Uh, So this idea of friendship for a purpose can occlude the realization of our unity in the mm-hmm. field. Mm-hmm. I I really love this line of topic. It's very dear to my heart. I uh, when I was a little girl, venerable, I became almost obsessed with Harriet Tubman, <laughs> uh-huh. who you know brought so many people from slavery to freedom and she kept going back and kept going back and kept going back and um, I I wonder if you could speak more about that um, Native American way of going back and illuminate that for us yes uh, Harriet Tubman is indeed a heroine for all of us to observe because she is a bodhisattva. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this idea of hearing the cries of those who suffer and being willing to bring them to the shore is the true commitment of liberation 
because where one is suffering, actually the ripples in the field touch all of us. And when we experience the world internally, the cries of those beyond the horizon indeed are our own tears. Just as their laughter and joy are our own uh, exaltations of joy. So understanding where one is left suffering, their tears fall from many eyes. Then we develop the skills and the methods that liberation, freedom from confusion is experienced throughout the field. Yes. And you mentioned politics. Uh, One question many people have now, many spiritual students have, is how to maintain their seat when uh, the political machinations can feel so distressing? How do we take an expanded view? And particularly, how do we also not fear the outcome of the election? Well, certainly fear is giving energy to what you don't want to happen. And so as we watch these incredible displays of um, what to many looks like childlike behavior, let us energize the ideal of an awakened society. In a sense, I'm reminded of the myriad appearances in the mirage or the ripples of the lake. So at the same time, we see the uh, behavior similar to that of young children learning how to communicate. We also know that within this lake of experience is arising or are arising ripples and circles of cooperation. And so, yes, there is behavior that appears to create dissonance. And yes, simultaneously in interpenetrating these um, displays is also arising skillful methods of joyous cooperation. And so the more we care for those who are close to us and the more we create systems of mutual respect and support, the less viable, I think, are those thought forms of separation. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
And if people are on the phone and they'd like to ask a question of Venerable, star 2 to raise your hand and ask that question. Uh, you can also do that if you're calling in on Skype or on the web. And then uh, others can type in a question and submit it that way. We have Molly raising her hand here. Hi, Venerable. Hello, Molly. Good day. Um, earlier, you were speaking uh, about the winds of karma. And um, my question is, as we work with our inner winds and channels and drops um, through exercises and practice, are we, and can you speak a bit more about, are we shifting and how, um, how it is shifting the winds of karma as we, as we practice? Yeah, the, the human being who has dedicated their practice to all beings recalling their natural luminous state by unraveling the patterns of thought, of energy packages, of karmic uh, seeds by reading from the garden of the mind, uh, is contributing to the remembrance of that awakened state in every being. So it is as one practices, they are unraveling, say, the knot of sexism. What is sexism? It is a, a view that one is more or less than another. And how is it unraveled? First, by seeing the natural luminosity that is present in all beings and generating respect and compassion for the seed of wisdom in all beings. Uh, when we think of them and us, we are also um, firming a view of dualism and when we see them and us as ripples in a field, then it is clear that we are nurtured by, energized by a field of potential. So the practitioner who is working with the interview, clarifying the interview and stilling the waves of reaction is creating a clear lake that all may see the open sky reflected. Is clear? It is, Venerable. And may I just ask a um, follow-up question? Yeah. So, uh, and as that happens, um, can you please speak about the Maras or just the illusions that arise as that, do they come up a lot more, um, I would 
I guess, aggressively or obviously? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the moment one decides they want to see and understand the nature of their emotions and to be free of habitual response, uh, those thought forms, those energies which are sustained by one's belief in them or forgetfulness of their illusory nature, they rage and they uh, storm and do all they can to keep you connected. It is a parasitical thought form, the maras. Those thought forms of illusion are sustained by people's uh, fear and confusion. And the moment one chooses to cut through, the illusion uh, displays can be amazing. And they are just that. As when Shakyamuni was committed to realizing Buddha mind, all such maras, they just first as alluring girls, then as fearsome beings, then as great storms, attempting to uh, disturb his recognition of things as they are. So it's a dance. And even the appearance of the Maras, ultimately such energies resolve into awakened state when you look at them as energy and accumulated echoes. And ultimately, the cycle of the echoes resolves into aha, skill, joy, wisdom. Thank you. Is clear? Yes, very clear. Thank you. Yeah, courage. And Venerable, following up on your topic of healing and building positive relationships, uh, one challenge for many people is to not to be helpful to others, but not to see them as needing your help, not to see them as being uh, crippled or lacking in any way. I wonder if you could give us some uh, teaching on how to be masterful at that. Jennifer, that is a very important uh, question because the motivation to help can be uh, clouded by the concept of I know better than another what they should do and how they should do it, and thus can create a vortex of manipulation and confusion. Real compassion, true caring, is offering something that will make a person's wisdom and skill and ability stronger. So that old adage about uh, you can feed someone or you can show them how to grow and gather food, it is most wondrous gift of assistance and support. And do people need us to point the way? 
when they ask us, when they seek us, then we say, well, these are methods that you may test and apply so as not to uh, create a loop of dependency. We want to energize the potential of awareness and skill within one another. So does someone ask you to rescue them constantly? Then it's time to teach them how to swim. Yes, and it's such an important point about advice. I've certainly learned that as a a daughter, a sister, a friend, uh, as a teacher, that if people are not asking what I think or what what I would do, then uh, they're not interested. Well, not at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, and there are many ways in which we share. Right. We share as human beings even by proximity or the simple glance of recognition. Uh, it is not so important important to say um, this is the way mm-hmm. as it is to to show uh, caring mm-hmm. and uh, I have a great granddaughter who is really amazing and if uh, sometimes she she will throw herself to the ground uh, <laughs> And when she saw that, oh, Grandma Honey doesn't get upset about that, (laughs) then she she didn't do it anymore. So a link uh, of reaction was broken, and she could show me her displeasure in other ways. Mm. Even going from uh, upset to literally calming herself. Ah! (laughs) Mm -hmm. So being a friend is to be present uh, with a wisdom nature in one another and acknowledging the positive transmutations of what was previously dissonant, discordant action. Beautiful. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Jennifer, I want to thank you again for facilitating these calls. Uh, They seem to be very um, helpful to many people, and your questions uh, are right on for the time and uh, include uh, me in a circle of human beings that I may not have Uh, physically met before. So the human family's conversations indeed echo out through relationships of the heart between two individuals, three, four, beyond counting. We do generate a field of understanding and skillful methods 
and lifelines that can bring people according to their nature to the shore free from illusion, and it's wonderful. Yes, it is. Thank you for accepting my invitation. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, speaking of being together in person, I would love to bring up to people who might not be aware about your summer teaching in July in Vermont. May I do that? Yes, please. So uh, for many summers, Venerable has been offering teachings in person at the Sunray Peace Village in Lincoln, Vermont, and uh, I've attended a number of times. I intend to go this summer. I know some of the Masterful Living students are planning to come, and uh, uh, it's the dates are July 1st through 4th this summer, and it's over the weekend, the 4th of July weekend, so four days of teachings, and it's a wonderful opportunity to be with Venerable in person. It is a profoundly healing experience. That's how I experience it. It's very nourishing to the soul. And uh, the land and space, the mountains, the sky at the Peace Village is profoundly restorative uh, to the, the whole being. And it's a delightful time to be in community. We have a good time together. We cook together. Uh, we go out to eat together. You can camp on the land there, which is very easy for a very modest fee. Uh, and uh, also there are oftentimes uh, local students of Venerables who have rooms for rent. There are many B&Bs, many options for people to stay. My plan is to be there for two, possibly three weeks this summer. And uh, so I'm encouraging people to consider it. The information is not yet on the Beauty Way Productions website, but ought to be there shortly. And uh, I'm sure an email blast is going out soon as well. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for these reminders. I I enjoy these opportunities to meet with people on the land in Vermont. There's something about the arising springs and the sweetness of the water as it flows to the ocean that shows the interdependence of our thought, word, and action, and that we do indeed together generate something wonderful. Yes. Have you decided the topic for this summer? Yes, it is the topic of our hearts, how our hearts have a resonance with the pulse beat of the earth and sky, and how certain crystals assist us and observing the the seed thoughts as they arise and that we may see the uh, continuous dance of transformation of forgetfulness to remembrance as the wondrous opportunity of life. Hmm. I feel more joy arising already. (laughs) 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 Wonderful. 
Well, may all beings recall their natural state of luminosity. May the wisdom seed within each moment arise and continuously reveal the joy of skillful action and loving compassion. May all find their way to the shores free from illusion. How wonderful. And I'm going to follow that with the long life prayer. Emanation of rainbow light, Dharma wisdom, three fires bright, guide upon the beauty road, calling all to see. Crystal reflection, boundless compassion, caller of four winds, wise grandparents, seven sisters. May your mission be accomplished. May we assist you in the light. May you receive many blessings and live a long good life. We thank you, Dahani Oahu, gift to the people, great mystery, great lady of the Buddha families, who holds the secret Vajrayana in the lotus grove of the teachings of the practice lineage. You are the glory of the Buddha's teachings and of sentient beings. Blessed of the Vajra Dakini, may your life to honey Oahu ever remain firm and long. Wado.